The following is a teaching from Church of the Redeemer. We pray that you will be blessed by this teaching. If you have your Bibles, would you grab them today and also the teaching sheet you received when you came in because I want to take just a couple of moments and draw your attention to a very important message that we share together. As we're getting started, would you join me in welcoming our Frederick campus, our Clarksburg campus, give them a good round of applause and welcome them today as we share this time together in God's Word. Over 700 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet by the name of Isaiah who spoke about Jesus coming. And you perhaps are familiar with the words of Isaiah the prophet speaking on behalf of God, declaring the coming of Messiah. And Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the last phrase there with me, say it together, Prince of Peace. Say that phrase with me once again, Prince of Peace. The last several weeks we've been talking about the importance of experiencing peace from God, the value that we have in relationship with God and the peace that He brings to us. And Jesus came down from heaven to earth so that you and I could experience this thing called peace. Actually, when the angels announced the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, recorded in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8, we find these words, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. There's the word again, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Again, Isaiah the prophet spoke of the peace that would come through Messiah. The angel declared peace to us when Messiah was born. Jesus came so that you and I could experience peace. Peace peace starts with a relationship with God. You cannot have peace in your life apart from God. He's the one that brings peace to you. And Jesus, when you receive Him as Lord and Savior of your life, He brings to you the rule of His peace inside of you so that now you're living not with an attempt to have peace on the outside, but actually you experience peace on the inside. In Matthew chapter 11, we find these words that Jesus spoke. Notice in verses 28 through 30, then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest or peace for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus wants to lift your burdens. Jesus wants to enter your life. He wants to bring you peace. Jesus came so that peace could rule inside of you. But once you've received the peace of God, and by the way, if you've never received God's peace, you can receive it today. This is an opportunity this afternoon as we've gathered in His name, as we're hearing God's Word proclaimed, that you can receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You can experience peace on the inside. But once you experience God's peace, peace doesn't stop with you. God wants you to take the peace you've received and actually share it with people around you. In fact, one of the things that Jesus made very clear in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, is he called those who've experienced peace to actually become peacemakers. Listen to these words. 
Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. New Living Translation says it this way, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. The message paraphrase, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. So what I want to do this afternoon is I want to talk to you about how to be a peacemaker. I believe that our world today desperately needs people who not only experience the peace of God, but learn how to share that peace with others. And I want to share with you some principles for your life as you go into this Christmas season and hopefully beyond that will help you to learn how to take the peace of God and not only experience it yourself, but actually give it away. I'm going to share with you six things that will help you to do that. Number one, if you're going to be a peacemaker, you have to stop agitating, irritating, and aggravating. Anybody want to say amen to that, all right? It's very difficult to make peace with other people when you are an agitator, an irritator, or an aggravator. Some people that I've met, it seems as though their, their orientation in life is, how can I start a fight? They live with a contentious spirit, a contentious attitude, and we all know that holidays provide opportunities for such personalities to arrive on the scene. Around the family dinner, around the interaction that we have, before long people are pulling this opinion out and that opinion out, and before long there's agitation and irritation and there's aggravation going on, and soon the peace leaves the environment. I want to encourage you this Christmas season to make the decision that you're not going to be an agitator, you're not going to be an irritator, and you will not be an aggravator. First Peter chapter 3, verse 11 says, turn away from evil and do good, search for peace and work to maintain it. See, peace doesn't come easy. It's something you have to work for. It's something you have to put effort into to maintain. Don't be a troublemaker. When people see you coming, what do they think? Do they think, here comes trouble? Or do they think, here comes peace? My prayer for you is that when they see you coming, they'll think, here comes peace, not trouble. The second thing, stop comparing and competing with other people. There's no way that you and I can have peace in our lives as long as we're living a life of comparing our lives with other people and competing because all it leads to when you're comparing yourself with someone else and competing with other people is it leads to jealousy and anger and resentment and oftentimes self-pity. It leads oftentimes to judgment toward other people. It never will make you happy. Nothing good comes from this way of thinking. Comparing and competing always disturbs your peace and when it disturbs your peace, you disturb the peace of others. James chapter 3 verses 15 through 17. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and actually here's a strong word, demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also, notice the next phrase, say it with me, it is also peace-loving gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. The third thing that is necessary if you want to be a peacemaker, taking the peace that Jesus brought to us at Christmas and his advent and giving it to the people around you, you must forgive and move forward. I will tell you something about grudges. Grudges grind out your life. Grudges will destroy the life in you and grudges will destroy your relationship. Anytime that you hold on to something that someone has done to you and you refuse to forgive, while it does hurt the relationship more significantly, it actually hurts you. 
It destroys you. It's been said that whenever you hold on to unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You take stuff in yourself that is destructive to you. And that's why over and over again in Scripture, we are called upon to forgive as we are forgiven. I think all of us would agree today that we have been mercifully forgiven by God, haven't we? How many times have we failed God and gone to God and asked for His forgiveness? And over and over again, God extends His grace and forgiveness to us. And then someone does something to us and we hold on to it. We hold on to a grudge and we we hold on to our resentment. We refuse to let go of it. That's why we have to be reminded over and over again of the value of forgiveness. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Can I just encourage you this afternoon as we're thinking about the Christmas season and thinking about families and relationships that if you're holding on to something against someone else, would you just do something very spiritual and let it go? Do something that says, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just simply not going to hold on to this any longer. Maybe there's someone in here that you've had a family feud going on for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20, you know, 20, 25 years. You know, the family feuds can last a long time. And let this year, 2016, this Christmas, be the time that you take the initiative, at least in your heart, to say, I am going to forgive, just like God has forgiven me. The fourth thing that is necessary if you and I are going to be peacemakers is that it's key here. You have to improve your personality. How many could stand a better personality, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, listen closely to this one. You need it. Go tell him. Listen closely to this one. You need it, all right? But here's the trick about your personality. You can't change your own personality. You can't change without help, Amen. You can't change without a power that is beyond you. And that's why when Jesus comes into your life, He comes into your life to make you more like Him. That's the whole idea that when you meet Jesus, the goal of the Christian journey is that we would become more like Christ, not even so much more like ourselves as much as it is more like Jesus. And his, the nature of Jesus is expressed uniquely through our personalities. But what a wonderful world it would be, how wonderful our families would be if more of us were more like Jesus. Amen? That's why we as Christians need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the aid, the helper that allows us to be more like Jesus. You can't be like Jesus in your own strength nor power, nor can I. That's why Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 describe what happens when you and I open our lives to the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now think about this for a moment. What would your relationships be like if there was more love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness, and self-control? All of our relationships would improve, would they not? 
that's possible for us as we lean into God and lean in to His Holy Spirit. In fact, the prayer that you can pray today is, Jesus, I'm asking you to help me to be more like you. Would you fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit to do what I cannot do myself, improve my personality so that I can be more like Christ. Number five, the fifth thing that is necessary to be a peacemaker is you and I need to build bridges and break down walls. Building bridges to other people and breaking down walls is so significant. And here's what, it, what, what this means. It means that you take the initiative to reach out to people around you. You take the initiative to show mercy. You take the initiative to show the hospitality. You know, so many times in our relationships, we're waiting for the other person to take the first step toward us. We're waiting for the other person maybe to apologize. We're waiting for the other person to pick up the phone and call us or to send us the text or to send us the nice email. We're waiting passively for someone else to take the initiative toward us. And really what the Bible teaches is that you and I need to be those that are taking that right initiative toward others, that we are called to be bridge builders and those that break down walls. You know, many of us, we spend our lives burning bridges rather than building bridges. We spend our lives building up walls between ourselves and other people rather than tearing them down. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 8 is so valuable, so important. Listen to what it says. In fact, why don't we read this aloud and together. It's going to be on the screen for you. It's on your notes as well. Why don't we read it? Would you read it with me today? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Isn't that a powerful verse? Do all that you can. Can I ask you today, have you done all that you can? Have you done all that you can to live at peace with us? It doesn't say, wait until other people do all they can. That's how we would like to read it, correct? I'm waiting until the other person does what they need to do. And when they do it, I'll respond. But I'm going to sit back and wait until they do what they're supposed to do. But in the, the scriptures, we're told to do what we can to live in peace with everyone. Now, one translation says, as much as is possible, be at peace with all people. Some folks are never going to make peace with you, but you have the responsibility as well as I to do our part in taking the initiative. Build bridges and break down walls. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And the last one I will share with you today is that if you and I want to be a peacemaker, we have to share Jesus with others. You know, peacemaking is really more about just mending your relationships now, as invaluable and important as that is. But peacemaking is also about you being used by God to help other people find eternal peace. See, for all of us, one day this life is going to be over. You're not going to live on this earth forever, nor will I. There'll come a day that you will, you will breathe your last breath, and you will no longer be in this life. You'll be in eternity. And that's why it's so important that you make a decision to establish your own peace with God, to know that you're in relationship with Jesus Christ so that when you pass from this life to the next life, that you're prepared for eternity. But having been prepared for eternity, you and I also have the responsibility to share Jesus with others. I think we would agree today that we live in a world that desperately needs more of Jesus. We live in a world that desperately needs people like you and me to share the love of Jesus with people around us. And that's 
That's why we're called to be peacemakers in the sharing of Christ. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 from the Living Bible. Quietly trust yourselves to Christ your Lord. And if anybody asks you why you believe as you do, notice this next phrase, be ready to tell him and do it in a gentle and respectful way. That is, when people see the peace in your life, oftentimes they will ask you, how do you have such peace? What, why do you have hope when the world seems to be hopeless? Why is there love in your heart when it seems as though there's so much hatred around and you have the opportunity to share a little bit of Jesus and the story of Jesus with someone else? Maybe this very weekend and the next couple of weekends as we're through the holiday season. Maybe there'll be a family member. Maybe there'll be a friend that you'll have an opportunity to have a conversation with. And in that moment, you can share your hope, the hope that you found in Jesus Christ, because I will tell you, the world that we're living in today is looking for an answer, and Jesus is the answer. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20. Well, this we're going to conclude today. Listen closely to this passage. God was in Christ. So when Christ came, God was in Christ, making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins, and he gave us this message of peace. So we have been sent to speak for Christ. It is as if God is calling to you through us. We speak for Christ. We beg you to be at peace with God. This passage reminds us that not only are we to receive the peace of God, and to share and make peace with others, but to share the life of Jesus with those that need to know him. Can I ask you in your own life today as we're coming to a time of prayer, have you first and foremost given your life to Jesus Christ? Do you know peace in your own life? If you don't know that peace, you can know him today. And if you have come to know him, are you making peace with the people around you? Would you take the charge today to become a peacemaker? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we're so very grateful for the Word of God that speaks to us, that guides us, that directs us, that instructs us in what we're to know and how we're to live. And I pray that today, having received your Word, that you'll help us to go from this place and to live it out, Lord, to be people who not only have received your peace, but those that make peace with people around us. I pray especially for anyone that's here who's holding unforgiveness towards someone. I pray that, Lord, this would be the moment that they would let go. We pray for the mending of relationships, the healing of hearts. We pray, Lord, that bridges would be built. We pray that walls would come down. We pray, Lord, that you would do something incredibly miraculous during this Christmas season as we make the decision to follow you in being peacemakers. Seal this word in our heart by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, 
I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.